0: One more time, how you guys doing? Yeah, man, that gets me excited. So, yeah, it's interesting. So AJ mentioned this to you guys. I think right right at the beginning that we kind of do a devotion before our worship practice, um, which foolishly they let me come and do those, and I'm a preacher, so I I go long. Um, But so I kind of did two sermons. Sorry, guys. Anyway, we talked about joy and being joyful and what that looks like, and then you guys roll in here just just hopped up on joy. So that gets me excited. Well, hey, if, it's your, if it is your first time, my name's Todd. I'm the pastor here. And boy, are you in for a treat. At least I think so. I'm very, very excited. We're, we are just about to start our newest series, um, which is called The Kingdom, which you see up there. And I'm, I'm very, very, very excited about it. Honestly, it's one of those ones that I never thought I would have this, other than we have a series called Walking with Jesus where we go through the entire gospels, a gospel every year. And that one can be could be could go on forever if I really wanted to take the time Um, but I never thought I'd have one that I can honestly say man I don't know how long it's going to go because there's just so much good stuff um, to talk about and learn but that this is one of them so I hope to see you guys in the coming weeks and they stick this out because I think there's a lot for us I know that I have a lot more to learn I've already learned some stuff and I'm really really excited so hope you can be too and the, As people are bundled up in their blankets Listen, I've brought this up to you There's only two options in this room I'm going to tell you this right now There is a thousand degrees And you're all going to sweat Or there is your cold And, um, you know, I've always lived by the, the theory or the motto That you can put more clothes on You cannot take your skin off Right? So, uh, we can't have a bunch of naked folk here in the sanctuary So, uh, bundle up um, when you come. <clears throat> uh, plus, listen, it's gross when I'm up here and I'm just pouring sweat and you're going to start looking at my pits and it, it happens and you're kind of making that gross face or like looking like your shirt's wet and I'm like, what do you want me to do? Um, so, this is better for everyone. <laughs> there it is. See, preacher talked about sweat for 30 minutes. Uh, I am really, real excited. So, the kingdom. The kingdom. Raise your hand. It's kind of a trick question. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian in the room non-Christian anything. Who has heard of the term kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven? Yeah, pretty much everyone. It's mentioned uh, throughout the Bible. Um, In fact, in the New Testament, the kingdom of, well, before we begin, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are synonymous. Okay? The gospels, depending on the gospel and the gospel writers, um, sort of his main theme is sort of why those two things, uh, those two words. And Jesus himself in the same discussion Uh, With a rich young ruler, he uses them interchangeably. He starts with the kingdom of God, then he talks about the kingdom of heaven. So clearly they're the same thing. So I just want to get that out of the way, whatever that is. The kingdom of God occurs 68 times in the New Testament. 68 times. This is crazy. You ready for this? You ready, Jim? You're going to love this. i got to quit saying people's names. People don't like that. Never mind. Uh, (laughs) He'll be good with it. The kingdom of heaven occurs 32 times. So 68, 32, what does that equal? You're like me, mask not your strong suit. 6832, huh? hundred. Yeah, I couldn't believe it either. I did my math twice to make sure. One hundred times, I really did. One hundred times in the New Testament alone, the kingdom of God is mentioned. Kingdom of God itself, or kingdom of heaven, again, it's synonymous. The kingdom of God, just that phrase occurs 68 times in the New Testament in 10 different books. Isn't that crazy? But God has actually talked about this concept of his kingdom. Throughout the Bible, including the Old Testament. I'm just going to listen. Today's going to be very scripture heavy as far as I got to set you, I got to set the stage. And then moving forward, we're going to study specific sections that talk about themes of the kingdom. Make sense? I guess I should give you an overview. But today, bear with me. Old Testament to the New. Psalm 103, 19 says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Once again, we're kind of like, Oh, that's nice. That's just a cute little phrase of saying God's in control. That's fair. Daniel chapter 7 verse 27 says, the kingdom, dominion, anybody want to know what dominion means? Power. The kingdom, dominion, and greatness of the kingdoms under all of heaven will be given, I love this, will be given to the people. The holy ones of the most high. You know who that is? If you're a Christian, that's you. Yeah. The holy ones of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all rulers will serve and obey him. Man, I love that. The kingdom, dominion, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will instead be taken and given to God's people, the holy ones. I love that. The people. Isn't that good? Goosebumps. That's good. It's not just because it's cold. In fact, um, when Jesus arrives on the scene so I could give you way more I'm trying to I had a bunch and I erased them because I feel like I got to prove to you Josh but I think you believe me so we jump to the New Testament and Jesus himself in Mark starts out his ministry really verse 15 this is a powerful statement and it's one of those statements that we read because we want to get to the good stuff you want to get to the healings right me too you want to get to the lessons but this is powerful he starts with this the time is fulfilled what's fulfilled mean complete what I'm sorry Yeah, completed. (laughs) Uh, It's completed. It's fulfilled. It's, It's here. And the kingdom of God, the time is fulfilled. It's over. The waiting's over. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. I like it here because good news, in fact, throughout the New Testament, it's typically those phrases are together. He went and preached the good news of the kingdom. There's a section at the end when Jesus is about to be crucified, and the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders, bring him to Pilate, right, a Roman um, ruler or Roman official. And they have this little exchange as he's a prisoner. He's already been beaten uh, some. He's already been slapped by the religious leaders. But in John 18, 36 and 37, it says, My kingdom is not of this world, said Jesus, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. As it is, my kingdom does not have its origin here. "You are king then?" Pilate asks. "You say that I am king," Jesus replied. "I was born for this, and I've come into this world, into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Anyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Listen in this. Moment in this time, in this context, what is I have come to testify to the truth? I was born for this, I've come into this world for this purpose. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. What's the truth? I am king. Now, again, you like me are used to calling Jesus king. But because we live in America in the 21st century, your mind says, King, you don't have a concept for this, right? Our closest thing is president, even though, right? And they don't have ultimate power. And we're used to constantly criticizing the president, no matter who it is, right? Some group does, some more than others, some not as much as they should be. Regardless, that's what happens, but you don't. You know why people don't really criticize a king? Because he has ultimate power. His word is law. So when we talk about the kingdom of heaven, I'm setting this up, and we'll go much more in depth, but I want to get to today's point. So I'm giving you a brief overview of the concept of kingdom. When we talk about the kingdom of God, when, when God himself is referring to this and speaking to us through his word, and Jesus as well, It kind of has two meanings, okay? In general, the kingdom of God talks about God's ultimate authority as king over all creation. This is the hard thing to believe. Stay with me. It doesn't matter if the world is in rebellion. We'll get to that. He is still king, even if they don't recognize his sovereignty. But when the king shows up, and he will, Jesus himself, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that's the king that's reality so that's fair he made the sun moon stars made you and me by his power he is he has authority he is king but it also refers to something else and Jesus specifically refers to something else Jesus is talking in the new testament about those who submit and follow god those who recognize his authority Those who allow his rule to be over their hearts and their lives. Those who follow him and obey him. Notice I didn't say strive or try to achieve perfection, but those that follow and obey him. I can acknowledge a king's authority. I can say his word is law, and I sometimes may stumble. But there's a difference between someone who says, that is king, and I will follow him even if I fail sometimes, and me saying, I don't have to listen because that's not the king. The kingdom of heaven refers to those of us, those people in this world who acknowledge the truth and submit in their hearts and lives to the king. Versus in creation, those who rebel, defy the king's authority and refuse, refuse to submit to him as Lord. Those people are not part of the kingdom of God. And I will say this, and I'm going to drop this little nugget, and I'm really not going to talk about it too much today. Well, I guess it kind of fits. It's not in my notes. There's a lot of people in this world that are more than comfortable and cool with the idea of Jesus as Savior, right? He saves me. I get to go to heaven. He gives me gifts. He loves me. But, boy, they forget that the truth is to be changed and transformed. It means more than saying that guy's a good helper. It means to bow the knee. In submission to the king, to acknowledge him as Lord, you cannot have one without the other. And a little hint for you, and some in this room, this applies to you. You're really, really good at acknowledging the king's rules when it applies to other people, the ones that you got under control, right? Particularly the flesh, the flesh. You've begun to think the flesh is just that sex, right? That alcohol, right? The smoking and the, and the lust and all that stuff. And, you, and since you've got that outwardly under control, you can look at the rest of, of the kingdom and really be judgmental and, and say, ah, oh, boy, I got something for you. A lot of people thought that. You have to submit in other areas, right? Mercy, justice, grace, Love. Have you guys ever heard, (laughs) talk to my friend AJ, whenever I talk about him, I have to go into that voice, but uh, he'll do the same thing. Um, You guys heard of the Prince and the Pauper, raise your hand. Um, He'll be okay with me. Okay, raise your hand if you haven't. Raise your hand if you just don't want to raise your hand. At least you're honest, thank you. Um, Yeah, listen. So when I was talking to him, it was funny, we were kind of going over the title, he, he we worked together on the slides, he did a great job on this slide, I kind of gave him a thought and my feeling, he just goes and does his magic, but when I told him the name, believe it or not, the, the titles of these are the last thing I come up with every time, nearly every time, because I'm a, I am love words, and so i but I had two options. And I, I said, before I told him, he can attest to it, I said, you're, I already, well, I'm not going to ask you. I stopped myself. He goes, what do you mean? I was like, because I know what you, you aren't going to even know what the first one means. And you're going to pick the second one because it sounds cool. I'm not going to tell you the second one because you might like it better. But the point is, we started talking about it, about it. There I am from New York. I'm not. And I told him prince, princes and paupers, the story of the prince and the pauper. And, uh, man, I, it's a whole nother sermon. But he... He uh, didn't know what that meant. Asked me if that was a Shakespeare uh, book, which which I'm not making fun of him because I didn't think it was as new as it was. It's actually a story, a novel written by Mark Twain. Literature, though, it's considered literature, right? Which is just fancy books. So in the story of the the pauper and the prince, the prince and the pauper, we have a, a prince. And we have this pauper. A pauper is another word for a poor person. Very, very poor. We're talking street person, right? Doesn't have home. In the, in the context of the book, is, is dirty. It doesn't fit the mold. And they sort of run into each other. He works in the kingdom, the pauper does. I think his name's Tom, and the prince is Edward. And Tom sort of works in the, the castle, and he gets really excited when he sees the prince, so he breaks some etiquette. So they begin to beat him. By the way, just so you know, that's how it works with kings, right? You don't get to... Even princes. So they start beating him, and, and Prince Edward says, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. And he takes him into his personal chambers and he says, You know, get out of here, guards. And they start talking, and they realize, first off, that they look eerily similar. Eerily similar. And so they begin to talk, and, and Tom likes, I don't really have anything in common with you beyond the fact we kind of look alike. And then the prince. All of a sudden, as they, as they kind of talk, realizes the prince says, I wish I had the freedom that you had. Right? What he calls freedom. Isn't that funny? Imagine a prince saying that to a pauper. And the pauper looks at the prince and goes, well, you're crazy. He doesn't say this, but you're crazy. Um, you have a crown on and money and food, and you're clean, and you get to live in this place. I w- You don't know what you're talking about. And he says, no, I really would. So the prince comes up with an idea. Let's trade places for a little while. So they they trade clothes, and, they, and so they go and they... He cleans up, wears his clothes, etc., And they look at each other and go, holy smokes, we look almost identical. So the prince then goes and hides what's called the great seal. The great seal is the proof that, you know, invested by the country that he is the prince. He goes and hides it. Smart of him, by the way, which we'll find out later. And so the rest of the story is essentially the adventures and the things that happen as each person struggles to live in this new life and then begins to almost naturally accept it, right? Make sense? Yeah? Yeah? So the prince, clearly by the end of it, he realizes this isn't fun at all. He's living on the streets. He gets beat up. He uh, almost gets arrested. He might actually get arrested. He's dirty. He gets hungry. He experiences things he never experienced. Oh, he has freedom, but he didn't really want the freedom that he thought he wanted. And so what he realizes is the king dies while he's gone. So guess who's about to become king? Uh-oh, but Prince Edward's living on the street. He doesn't have his seal, remember? He doesn't have anything, and that other guy looks just like him. So he rushes to the castle, and they grab him, and they're about to kill this guy. And they're like, you're not, you're not who you say you are. Clear, this is the prince. Luckily for him, I told you, right, the crucial part of the story. He hid the seal. He runs and grabs the seal. Ha-ha, here I am etc., and it kind of ends happy because Tom gets a little bit of a, you know, gets to live life a little better than he did, and the prince has learned a valuable lesson. Now, the the moral of the story for the prince and the pauper is actually the idea that, you know, what is real? A lot of it is just what separates us by looks, right? But I actually think the story of the prince and the pauper is very telling for the kingdom, too. For a lot of ways. I think it's the opposite. You see, in the kingdom, the appearance and clothes don 't and will never make a pauper a prince it won 't you see we 're living in in two let's say let's say let 's put it this way poor analogy i 'll explain more next week because it 's not my point today, but God is the king, right He created a creation and we rebelled, and in his mercy, the king has not come yet to drop the hammer on us and get us back under authority right he 's still king he 's not powerless. We didn't rebel and win. We didn't overthrow him. He's just chilling, going, boy, I I really don't want to come out there. So in this time, this world, this other kingdom has arisen, our kingdom, the kingdom of man, and it's ugly, and it's dark, and anytime we're separated from God and don't follow him, we do foolish things. Let's turn on the news, and you can see it. And over time, the princes, over time, because people have Spurned their rightful place in the true kingdom, the kingdom of God, and made their home in this kingdom of darkness. Things are weird and backwards here. So, those of you that put your faith in Christ, you are princes and you are princesses. I don't know that. Scripture says you are co heirs with Christ. That's a fact. (gasps) No, it's not blasphemy. It's in scripture. And clearly, it doesn't mean we're God. But because of what Christ did for us, when he took our sins, he gave us the benefits of his life. We are children, right? The word says we are able to call God the Father, Abba, which means daddy. That's really the best phrase for it. So we are princes and princesses. Kings and queens that serve the most high king. And in the meantime, our father, the true king, has told us, you, I have accepted you. He's crowned us. He's given us authority, the seal, the Holy Spirit. You see where I'm doing this? And he's sent us into this kingdom to tell other people about him because they've been living in squalor. They've begun to think that the life they live of freedom is the best that they can have. And people do that. You ever heard of cognitive dissonance? It doesn't mean if something's good. If you believe something long enough or live in it, it doesn't matter if something better comes. Your mind can't fathom that. And we are so lost that we don't understand up from down. And so you, my friends, and we'll get to this, are ambassadors. You've heard this of Christ. You are ambassadors of the king. He has sent his children to go to his other children and remind them of who they are and to give them the opportunity to come home, bow their knee, and be given what was rightfully theirs from the beginning before they rebelled. To not be viewed as treasonous traitors, but to be welcomed home as sons and daughters. But here in the kingdom, strange things happen. Over time, you know, our father is humble. And our father is loving. And our father um, doesn't want us to, to walk around this kingdom dressed like the princes and princesses we are. We don't get to do that yet, right? We're in traveling clothes. I'm a nerd, but stick with me. You get it? The king has his, his clothes. He goes in prince. If you ever watch movies where he's riding around doing stuff, he gets dirty, his boots and stuff. And then he's got his court Outfit. We don't wear the court outfit. And what happens is this kingdom of darkness sort of begins to to say, you're not anything. You're the same as me. And see, they dress like princes. They dress like princes, but they are truly paupers because they are poor and destitute. In fact, they are so hungry and starving and poor that they are blind and deluded to the truth. They wear fancy clothes over dying bodies, over filth. And you, because you're in this world, you are told that you are not that, that you are not a prince, right? You're not like me, so you are the oddball. You are the wrong one. You are the pauper. So for me, the story of the prince and the pauper in the terms of the kingdom, have I lost you? Are you with me? I know I can be. Am I making sense? Okay, thanks. And that's not you, that's me. It also doesn't matter, so the appearance in clothes don't make a pauper a prince. It also doesn't matter if one kingdom views a prince as a pauper. I know, a lot of P words. So if a prince comes to another kingdom and they kick him and spit on him and treat him like he is not royalty, not a son of the king or a daughter of the king, that doesn't change the fact that when daddy comes home, they're going to recognize, right, that the the rule of law is reestablished. The real princes will be shown and revealed, and the paupers will be stripped of their fake royal clothes. It doesn't matter if one kingdom views a prince as a pauper. It doesn't change his identity when the king returns. We live in a world where things are reversed, guys. Stay with me. Princes are treated as paupers. Queens are treated as... (laughs) Prostitutes. Paupers dress like princes and princes begin to over time say, I don't want to be different. Right? That you sometimes we begin to say like, well, I'm still in the kingdom, but maybe I can dress like them. Maybe I can act like them. Because it's easier, right? You know, I always think of the story of the adulteress. This is so true of us, and I think it applies in the church today. You know, a lot of us Christians, if we had to choose between being the one on the ground being stoned or the one standing in the crowd doing the stoning, it doesn't matter if we think he or she's okay or that we should love them. We'd rather just stand silently in the crowd and tell ourselves, well, I'm not throwing the stones. You cannot live as both a prince and a pauper you cannot be both Amen. you have to choose as we go over the next few weeks you're going to understand if you're in the room you've already have you've made the choice and maybe you need to realize that that you've been living like a pauper and if you haven't then you need to understand this very simply you choose you get to choose to live in one kingdom or the other yep. you can choose to live in the kingdom of God or remain in the dominion of darkness as scripture calls it because this other kingdom has a false ruler and a serper that's allowed. It says that. The enemy, Satan, he rules this fake kingdom. And if you don't serve the true king, then there's only one other king you serve. It doesn't matter if you don't like the sound of that. So when we talk about... The kingdom today, or the next few weeks, we tend to view it as synonymous for Christian. I think that's where, I hope you guys are excited as me and see what I see when I started to research and look into this. And I've wanted to do it for years and I just put it off. But I realized something. We gloss over it because we don't live in kingdoms, right? We live in countries. the United States. We tend to view this whole kingdom of God concept as synonymous for Christian. We do. We might as well. You could erase it and just put Christian, and everybody would read the Bible, and you probably wouldn't even notice. You will not inherit being a Christian. Here's the thing. To, to a degree, this is true. The kingdom is, the kingdom of God is and will be, when the king returns, filled with Christians. It is inhabited only by Christians. But listen, this is the important difference. Not everyone who claims the name of Christian will be in the kingdom. The kingdom will be filled with Christians. But not everyone who calls himself a Christian will be in the kingdom. It doesn't matter how you dress. Do you have the seal? So, how do we get How do we get access to the kingdom? Those of you in your room, you say, honestly, I'm probably a pauper. I've heard of this guy. He's cool. See, that's where a lot of people stay, too. You've heard of this good king, and you even say he's good, but you kind of like the comfort of living in this whole dominion of darkness because you got freedom, right? you got freedom to eat out of the trash can. You do. Not realizing that you have access to gourmet meals, but you'd rather settle for what's easy and available. How do we gain access to the kingdom? Who are the princes and who are the paupers? Who are those that are going to be in the kingdom and who are those that aren't? Today, that's what we're going to look at. And then moving forward, we're going to study the characteristics of the kingdom because Jesus talks about a lot. And I'm telling you, if you let this sink in, if you take the time, you don't have to like me. I don't even really like me most of the time. But it doesn't change the truth of what I'm about to say. So, princes and paupers. John three three tells us to get access to the kingdom. Jesus replied, I assure you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If you're in this room and you don't know Christianese, that's going to sound crazy. Don't worry. There was a religious leader named Nicodemus that had the same confusion as you. I've already born once. Are you going to put me back in my mom and have me born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, listen, I'm here, this is important. Unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Interesting. You've already been born. You're already alive, right? So what has to happen? You can't live twice. You've got to die to something to be born again. You have to be born again. You have to be changed. You have to be born into this kingdom. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. And you guys know this. We'll talk about it later. How is one born again? The Bible tells us, you know, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we'll talk about that later And all these little lies that those of you don't believe in Jesus that you're just living out of because the truth is you don't want to admit that I've never been the one to bow a knee. So you come up with excuses that he doesn't exist. If I pretend the king's not coming, then it's easier. He's coming. He's already here. He's just been, hey, I'm going to come back. I'm going to bring an army with me. But in the meantime, try to get people to relax. Try to get people to come back to me. I assure you, unless someone's born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So very simply, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Which means you must put your faith in Jesus Christ, which means what? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer me who lives, but it is Christ within me. I die. I know that sounds crazy if you're not Christian. I feel like I talk to you guys a lot if you're in this room and there's probably none of you because that was me. I didn't understand this, and I was like, thought it was creepy. I remember telling my first Christian girlfriend I had become Jesus first. That's terrible that I even have to say it that way. But I was dating this girl, um, and I went to her church, and they were singing about the blood. And I literally walked out because the only other church I'd been to, I'd been saved and read the New Testament, but, like, I hadn't sung songs like this. So when we walked out, I was like, what in the world? Was that all that singing about blood about? I thought it was, I mean, think about it. If you're in this room, you're going, you're creepy. I did think that. I was like, you're talking about like washing yourself. You know, I was thinking of a horror movie where, like, Carrie, where the blood's washing over you. And I'm like, that doesn't sound, why are we celebrating? But then I realized it, right? It is the death, because his death led to my life Amen. so that I could be born again. And we'll get to that. So, you want to go to the kingdom, you want to be a part of it, you have to be born again. You have to die to yourself, to the ways of this world, and be born again, renewed. I love this. You're going to love this one, Josh. You're going to love this, dude. This, this, this is so so good. Luke, I think you're going to love this one, man. This is one I just ran over many times, and I didn't. I love it because it fits right in. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Listen to this. He, who do you think he is, capital H? There you go. Jesus. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins in him. I threw that extra part in because, like, when you're in the kingdom, that's what you get. Ain't that nuts? When you are in the kingdom, if you're a kingdom person, you are a Christian, you have this already. There's not an earning it. You have redemption, you have the forgiveness of sins, you have the seal. It's over. It's fulfilled. But go back to 13. Let this sink in instead of just doing your Christian East thing. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. You have been, Jesus invaded this darkness, this kingdom, this domain of darkness. That's so gross. Right? Uh, what is that place called? If, uh, in Lion King with all the shadows, what are they called? Anyway, he rushes in here, and he grabs you out of it, and he takes you back into the kingdom. You were dead. He grabs your dead body, takes you home, brings you back to life, and sets you in the castle of the kingdom that was always your inheritance. Man, if that did I could stop right there. No one? This, this Listen to this sentence. He has rescued us. It's over. Hey, You can't be rescued twice. It's over. Well, you could, but it's over. You have rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred. ED means it's already happened. Transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. You're already there. You know that? You're already living there. If you truly put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're living in the kingdom. Well, Todd, what do you mean? That's crazy. Where's Jesus? He's coming. He's just given an opportunity for the rest of his subjects to acknowledge him to turn back before he has to bring wrath. I love that. So what do you do to get in the kingdom? You have to be rescued from the domain of darkness, and you have to be transferred into the kingdom of the, of the sun. Okay, well, that's good. What else do we know about the kingdom? That makes sense? You've got to be rescued. You're in darkness. You're either one kingdom or the other, remember? It doesn't say he rescued from the other good kingdom. No, he rescued from, there's only two places you're living. In this room today, there are two kingdoms you are living in. It is either the kingdom of God or the domain of darkness. It doesn't matter. I'm a good person in the domain of darkness. So what? Good compared to what? The other dark people? The other darkness? The other evil? I'm just a little less evil than them. It doesn't matter. I've only murdered 10 people. They murdered 100. You still go into jail or get in the chair, right? In this, country, We recognize that. Now, I told you earlier that, you know, it's not just, remember we talked about, like, you can't just claim this, right? Can I just say, hi, if I'm sitting in a fire and you call the fire department, I'm just hanging out in here in a table eating a san- on a table and a chair eating a sandwich, and you come in and say, Todd, you can't get in. You're like, Todd, don't worry. I've called the fire department. I'm like, why? Like, I'm completely fine here. It's, I'm, I'm good, right? I'm I'm I feel great. It, that's insanity. I have to be willing to admit that I'm in the wrong place to be rescued. So, moving forward, you can't just say it. You can't just say I'm a Christian. You have to be rescued. You have to be rescued. You have this has to have happened. If it didn't happen, you have, you're not in the kingdom. If you haven't been born again and you haven't been rescued and transferred over, you're not in the kingdom. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't matter if you think you know where the kingdom is. If I go 10 miles north and then turn left and then go by the big cherry tree, there's the kingdom. So I can go there anytime. No. You either are in it. You either get rescued by him. Notice it doesn't say, we made our way from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom. We just strolled into the kingdom. That's not reality. You have to be rescued. You don't have the ability to get back home. So, 1 Corinthians 4:20 what does it say for the kingdom of god is not a matter of talk but of power <laughs> Dude, that's good it goes back to this i can say all day long hey how you doing i'm saved you know don't call the fire department i'm fine my arm's on fire you know the place is falling on my head that isn't that doesn't that's talk i'm completely healthy and my arm falls off you know <laughs> that's talk power the problem is, a lot of people, you might say the kingdom's good, and some of you in this room do that. And that's why you only show up every eight weeks. If you're a guest, thank you so much, keep coming. If you're the eight-week guy, keep coming, but wake up and realize what you're really doing. The bottom line is, you kind of come because you sort of like being close to the kingdom, and you think maybe if you stand outside the gates, you know, you'll be treated like a, a king, but you're not really willing to say, I need to be rescued, because you kind of like living in the slums. Fact. Remember what I said. You can call yourself a prince, but if you're outside the gates, you're not in the kingdom. It doesn't matter how close you are to the gate. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk of power. I'm not, I can't just say it. It's got to have happened. Something changed. Power. Okay, what else? What do we know about the, prince, like the kingdom? Who lives in the kingdom? Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Okay, so it's not just talk. It's power. We'll, we'll find that out here. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity. Stop. Go back. That's where you guys stop, some of you. Some of you on the other end. Some of you princes, right? You just go, hey, I don't do any of those, so I'm I'm good. Idolatry, sorcery, I don't do any magic, so clearly I'm a good person. Hatred, strife. There we go. Jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, and factions. Dissensions means a disunity. We don't talk about that, though, do we? No. Envy. Ooh, you want what they have? Drunkenness, carousing, anything anything similar. I tell you about these things in advance, as I told you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if you don't know me... You probably think I'm one of the people that's kind of in the first group. And I'm like, hey, if you do any of this, you're you're in trouble. Well, that that isn't true. We'd all be in trouble. That's the point, you see. There's another section that says, you know, you used to be this way. You used to be this way. But now you're not. You've been rescued from it. But this is important. And I'm bringing this up for this specific purpose. Do you know what a prince would do? First of all, I'm going to tell you this. A prince is going to focus on what he's good at. I mean, a, a pauper, a false prince. A pauper is going to focus on what he's good at. He's going to stop after, after three. Maybe he'll throw sorcery in there and idolatry because you're not worshiping a golden cow and you're not casting spells and you're not random. So you're good. But see, that's the problem. You still don't think you're in danger. I, I question whether you actually ever understood the danger you were in. I might have put the fire out on my leg, but I have ignored the fire on my body. It's all of it. You see, a prince, someone who's of the kingdom, doesn't live their life comparing themselves to everyone else. They live their lives comparing themselves to Jesus, which keeps them in a constant state of awareness of who we are and who he is, which makes it much easier to love everyone else. Because the reality is, no matter how good I am, when it comes to comparison to the king, I am not good enough it's backwards the kingdom is about humility and love and grace the kingdom isn't about focusing on what you do or don't do the kingdom is about focusing on loving those people while I focus on what I do does that make sense this is important and I always lose man there's always two different groups of people in the kingdom there are those of you that think I'm saying it doesn't matter what you do And then you're mad because I'm not focusing on sexual immorality. Or I'm telling you a fact that mm, jealousy is as serious to to God as sexual immorality. You don't like that. Well, Todd, the Bible says that sex takes place inside the body. Missing the point. The point of this section is that at the end of the day, without being born again, if you live in this, if something hasn't changed, if you can't admit these things even need to change, are you really in the kingdom? I didn't say do them. Practice such things and not inherit the kingdom of God. Practice. You know, I may commit a lot of sins, but I sure hope I'm not practicing hatred. I don't want to get better at it. <laughs> that's not what it means in that moment, but that's a play on words. You get what it did. Are you practicing that? You got real good at the, at the big ones, right? Because in this domain of darkness, that's all that matters. You see, there's churches in the domain of darkness. And they like to focus on those big things because it makes them feel good about themselves. Because they aren't content to be princes and princesses. See, at the end of the day, it's the same thing. They want to be king, which just means they can't be, they want to be their own king, right? You you, you can't do that. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the king, but look at me, look at me. Matthew 7, 21 to 23. Stay with me. I'm building something here for you. You believe me, Josh? You're the friendly face today. Not everyone who says to me, this is Jesus, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, everybody, Christianese people, I know you. Take them earmuffs off for a minute. Listen to what that says. Let me change it for you for a second. Not everyone who says, I'm a Christian, I go to church and I give my offering and tithe, and I don't commit sexual immorality, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Can I change it a little bit? But only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Well, Todd, I thought you just said. I didn't do... so. What's the will of my Father in heaven? Not everyone who says to me... Okay, move on. <laughs> Quit guessing. Not everyone... There, you did it again. On the, that, that day, many will say to me... This, I mess with this guy all the time. It's fine. He tries to guess. Quit guessing. Now, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Drive out demons in your name and do many miracles in your name. You, do you think this is like symbolism? Jesus is implying there're going to be people that do crazy good things. These people imagine that there's a demon possessing. Get out of there. You're going to think that's a good guy, aren't you? No? Yes, you will. What miracles? He I don't know what that looks like. Heals a broken leg. Maybe. You know what most Amen. Preaches to a church of 5,000 is a Christian influencer leader did many miracles in your name that's wild you can do it in his name and not be a part of the kingdom right use our country there's a lot of people in other countries right now Well, who are, who are actually believe not worried about this country and they said no no like we want we you know we defend America and all these things because in their mind like they want to be associated with the country so they'll talk like it adopt the culture you guys hear that in other countries right no, this happens. <laughs> happens both ways, but they'll adopt the culture. They like that. You know, they'll eat McDonald's, whatever they think makes them American. But does it make them an American by rights? Can they just come over and go, hi, I'd like to vote. Well, hi, I'd like to do this or that, right? Hi, I would like to, um, I don't know. Do they get the full rights? Of course not. You can follow the customs, but not be a citizen. How does that happen? How does that happen? How does it happen? Does that not scare any of you? It scares me. I am scared of that. And I don't even prophesy. I? I don't even heal. I don't drive out demons. I mean, I don't, if I saw that, I'm going to be tempted to go, wow, that guy's awesome. But I started to realize something in my own life, guys. This is just a bonus, fellas, ladies, I don't know, Folks. I mean this, it's not in my notes, but what I've noticed is I'm so tired of pretending that just because someone talks the talk and walks part of the walk, that I'm supposed to pretend that I got no concerns with them. I'm supposed to accept them because they may be good at sexual immorality, but boy, oh boy, do they hate people. Do they have jealousy? And I'm supposed to what, overlook that? Because they wouldn't overlook sexual immorality in me. You understand that? How many pastors, because they don't have sex with someone else, whether they're single or not, they're not cheating on their wives, get to stay in there? They don't get challenged, but they're hate-filled. They're jealous. They're mean-spirited, and not a amen, right? As long as they speak the truth, it doesn't matter if you live it. I'm tired of that, man. I'm literally getting to the point where it's like, I think this is me, and Then I got to talk to two groups here. You know, I told Luke, I love John MacArthur. I don't think he'd like me. Let me tell you what, because what I'm about to say, right? The bottom line is, this is what I'm about to say. Like, I have the Holy Spirit in me. I think real recognizes real. You get what I mean? More often than we think. Try about demons in your name. Go ahead. What's verse 23? Then I will announce to me to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. But they look like the part. They sound like the part. They're doing some of the part. I love to pair this verse with Matthew 25 when it says, Jesus essentially says, hey, you you visited me in jail. You gave me food when I was hungry. You gave me clothes when I was naked. Come into the kingdom I've prepared for you. And then he looks at these other group of people, and I tend to think they're probably the same people. And he says, you never came to me when I was in jail. You never gave me food when I was hungry. You never clothed me when I was naked. And they said, when did we ever see you then? He goes, what you did for the least of these, you did for me. And what you didn't do for the least of these, you didn't do for me. But I prophesied, Lord. I prophesied. I drove out demons, God. Everyone saw it. Reminds me of uh, priests of Baal, right? I'm going to show you. Look. How do you think people follow? You think the Israelites just randomly followed these false gods? No, man. Stuff happened. So how does that happen? How does it happen that, like, we understand that there's people not in the kingdom because they want to live in the domain of darkness. But how does it happen that, like, there are people who believe they're a part of, because there may be some genuinely that have been told, if I do those three, right, then I'm good. Like, and it's not about earning it. That's true. But there's an acceptance. See, in order to need a savior, you got to admit your state. (laughs) Like it's not like I'm kind of bad and sort of need Jesus sometimes. It is right that my best acts are filthy garments made for the trash compared to God, and that's not a shameful thing. If you want to, if you if you're beat up, you need to go listen to last week's because you're not good enough. But that's actually good news on your own. But once he makes you good enough, it doesn't matter, right? That's what the beauty is, how you feel. So how does that happen? 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4 gives us a hint here. For the time will come when they will not accept sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear something new. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. We, we read that word myth, and we're like, ain't nobody talking about Zeus, so I'm good, right? That's, what if it's a myth about a fake God named Jesus? Right? I can slap the name of Jesus on anything I want. You know the real way to get people to turn to myths? It's not, it's not by saying, hi, worship Satan. You ain't going to do that. No, it's by saying, let me make... Enough of it true that you ignore all the lies. Yep. Let me make enough of it clean that you don't want to look underneath, you know, that part. What happens is we don't to- tolerate sound doctrine, right? What does that mean? You don't want to hear the truth. Now, this is my point today. All this to build up to this little tiny moment. Isn't that nuts? And there only another hour left. I'm just kidding. Right? <laughs> But I needed you to understand about the kingdom before we get to this. My point is, you guys have heard how to get in the kingdom. You've heard all this. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't even matter what you do. It doesn't matter what clothes you wear. You've got to have the seal. You've got to have the proof. And in order to get the proof, you've got to do something. You've got to be born again. Well, to be born again, to be brought to life, I've got to admit I'm dead. You can't be partially dead. That sounds crazy. You can't partially have a, a cold, right? I have a... I don't want to use a virus. All right, Never mind. Just because if I mention it, I get suppressed mean, me. That's a true story. So now this will get like 10 views. Um, and it just happened again. Man, got to quit saying that. Sorry, Zuck. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. There will come a time when they're not tolerate sound doctrine. Okay, they don't like truth. What kind will they want? According to their own desires. They will multiply teachers for themselves. They will find teachers. And not only find them, they will make more of them. You've told me what I want to hear. Be my teacher. Teach me. And then it becomes even more interesting when I say, Hi, I am Christian. Let me teach you. They will turn away from hearing the truth, will turn aside to miss. Listen, this is very, very, very important. What I've noticed, I have a problem with Christians. I know, and I know, and I will give you two little uh, addendums to this before I go on preface. One, I'm fully aware that I am one. <laughs> okay, so there's hypocrisy here. I am a Christian. I love Jesus. But really, and secondly, I'm not talking about true Christians. I'm talking about this, this label that we've created. I despise it. And there's extremes on it, right? They're the one hand or the legalistic, pharisaical, religious Um, I, they, they say all the right things, but it's still, it's still a gospel centered around me and what I've accomplished and what I do and don't do. And I hold, right, taking scripture, the keys to the kingdom and who I say can't go in, can't go in. And then you have the other side that's like, it doesn't matter what you do. Progressive Christianity, if you've watched Real Talk and woke Christianity and hey, whatever, man, it's all the ultimate love guru. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, literally, the guy, one of the, the people from DC, talking. I don't remember his name. I want you to hear. I'm going to par. This is exactly what he said. And by the way, it always gets revealed which kingdom you're really in, no matter how long you dress like a prince. He said, "Hey, you're Christ. I'm Christ. Buddha is Christ. We're all Christ because we all worship the the universal Christ." <laughs> that sounds really nice, doesn't it? To think ever, but that's not the truth. And what's terrifying is how many people that are, maybe they're right at the gates of the kingdom, and they're like, boy, how do I get in there? And some guy stands outside the gates. He's been there a long time, so he's kind of looked in there. He kind of sees what it's like. And he just goes, well, let me tell you, friend. Let me tell you how to get in. You're already in. And he looks around and goes, it doesn't look like it. Things seem pretty dark. That's just an illusion. I get fired up sometimes, too, when I do these. And I told, you know, I tend to, preach as though, you know, to the people that aren't listening that need to hear it the most, but I got to quit doing that. I do because I get so frustrated and I want to shake you awake because you're standing outside the gate and I just want you to know your predicament. You think that your proximity to the gate means you're in the kingdom. Not true. You're either in or you're out. Doesn't matter how many times you come to the gate. Once every two weeks, three weeks, four weeks to the kingdom, right? Unless you are a part of the kingdom, you're in the domain of darkness. So what I've noticed, going back to my (laughs) disdain for Christian uh, at times, is because both of, you know, sometimes I feel like, and I admit this, guys. If you're new here, you know. If you're, if you're not new, you're going to be a clearly tied. But I, I have a problem, man. I struggle because I, I spend a lot of my time talking to those people. And both of those are not really, in my opinion, though I'm not the final judge, it's pretty obvious, are not part of my kingdom. So what, why am I talking to them? I want them to know him, but why not spend time on the people who know that they're in darkness, who know that they have no hope, who can see and understand their predicament, and no one has told them about this king who doesn't wait for you to make your way to the kingdom, but who invades the darkness and will pick you up, bring you back to life, and sit you in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. I'm so tired of it. You know, I, and they take over. So now I'm going to get a little personal. This is going to shock most of you. I'm not perfect. I know this is just a shocking thing to you. Why do you smirk, Luke? Like, I'm not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. If you came here expecting me to have that slapped up, you know, painted by numbers, you know, I don't wear skinny jeans and I also don't wear a tie, so I'm somewhere in between. I'm not that guy. I'm not good enough. But what I will tell you is this. What I have learned about Christianity, true Christianity, and that's why I brought Galatians in here. Kind of like, Todd, what's the point here? This Galatians verse is so fascinating to me because we have created a religion that says, if I don't, as long as I don't do the sexual morality, moral impurity, promiscuity, sorcery, drunkenness, Carousing, I throw in there, that's a little bit of all of it. As long as I do those, I'm good. And we completely ignore strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. There are people, for instance, that leave churches. This is the most manipulative thing they can do. They will literally ignore the Bible. I want you to understand this. There are people that you're accepting as Christians. Some of you in this room, and you go, Yeah, they're my brothers, when you know for a fact they're not. And you continue to put up with it. Why? Because they tell you some half a verse. You treat them like they're a part of the kingdom because you want to be friends with them still? You want to live in the darkness because, what, they're nice to you? So you stay in the darkness because they'll say things like this. You know, people that go to the kingdom, people that stay in the kingdom, people live like kingdom, those are cult people. Don't you want to be with me here in the darkness eating out of a trash can? That's how you prove that you're a real Christian. Will you stay with me near the fire? Light yourself on fire just a little bit. We have accepted stuff that is absolutely ridiculous because as long as they can look at you with a straight face and say, I don't do these bad ones, you think they're good. And you allow these people that have no sound doctrine then to be welcomed into our home. These outposts of the kingdom, these churches, and you allow them to stay there and never challenge the fact that they are hateful, that they ignore truth, that they don't seek peace, they don't offer grace, and they don't love, but as long as they don't sleep with someone, go ahead. Do you understand what that's creating? And the thing about it is everyone in this room, if you grew up in church, is going to go say yep, amen, and you, you're not thinking about the fact, that the parts that you have in this. There are people right now on Facebook I personally know that are putting up verses. I know, I don't care, they used to go here. And it's unbelievable what they ignore. They ignore the truth. Just because it sounds flowery. I don't have to repent. I don't have to change. If a church doesn't accept me and what I bring, even if it's sinful... Doesn't he know? Doesn't Todd know? Doesn't the church know that I'm not sleeping with someone? (laughs) Do you hear? Do you understand what I'm saying? What we've created? The pastors will sit at their pulpit and they will condemn one and elevate the other? (laughs) It's disgusting. And it will change the day that we decide that everything matters, not part of it. God's grace does cover all, but if I've got a person, listen, if you go to a Christian and you share something or a hurt or you challenge them, and their response is always to fight and say that's not true and to talk about, you know, God accepts me for who I am. I don't believe him. I don't believe them. The true believers I've met in my life, and I'm going to say it, are the people that when something happens or someone says you're being cruel or hateful, or, "Hey, you know, you might want to straighten up a little bit, and it actually goes with the Bible they immediately ask questions and make sure that they're good, right? They make sure of it because they understand what it is to be in the kingdom, and they never want to be so arrogant that they've forgotten who is the king and who is not. That they don't determine what's clean and what isn't, what's good and and what's evil, that God does. Why do some of you like to stay with people? Listen, I am an evangelistic person. If a church hadn't put on a play for people like me who didn't know Jesus, I wouldn't know him. Okay? I'm being serious. So when I say this, hear me on that. Like, I'm so thankful, I'm all about reaching into the darkness to tell them about the guy that can save him. See, I can't save him, but I can say I know it's dark here. There's someone that can save you if you just ask. If you're just willing to admit it. Okay? But that's different than what some of you are doing. You would rather live in the domain of darkness, but still claim on Sundays here's my here's my card. And then you ask yourself, right, it's not, I'm, I'm just, the, the words that we've used, that you're a cult. If you want to hang out with your church, understand how weird that is. But you'll go hang out with your work friends both days of the weekend after you've hung, you've had to put up with them. That's what I'm going to say, right? Five days of the week. Do you understand what we're allowing to be dictated here? Sorry to get loud. I'm very passionate. That's not anger. <laughs> we have to understand this. The kingdom, to be a kingdom member, to be a prince, a princess, is to admit it's all true. And you know why people don't want to admit it's all true? You ready for this? You ready for the big clue as why your friend that's posting on Facebook's doing this, and why he's saying all this, and why he's saying that, you know, talking about this place that's preaching truth and and using words that aren't true. Let me tell you why. Because he can't face the fact that he is, he has come short in something, which tells me this. If he can't face that fact, he has never accepted a savior. Because he never knew he was dying. Amen. That's Period. That's the danger. And you allow it. And I allow it. Bob sleeps with someone, comes forward, tells you he did. You hate him for the rest of his life. You won't say you do because you're a Christian. You don't offer him forgiveness or grace and you look at him cock-eyed. But the other guy who refuses to repent... Uh, of hate and, and arrogance and all of these other things and lies, you will allow them to stay, and you will not say a word to them. Because we've made it acceptable. We've allowed people that probably aren't a part of the kingdom to tell us what it's like in the kingdom. My point today is this when it comes to Scripture. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you so you know the difference and you should check. Remember what I told you. A true prince is always going to check himself first. A true princess. By the way, I chose prince, ladies. You know it's princess. It's just a mouthful. Prince and princesses. See, it's a lot. So I'm going to tell you the traits of a pauper. You want to know the difference, a person that lives in the domain of darkness who might pretend to be a prince. Number one, what's their trait? They ignore parts of Scripture they don't like. They don't exist. Like I said, they will literally read Galatians. (laughs) They'll do this too. You know the scripture because they'll know parts of it. I'm telling you right now, I'm sorry, the works of flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, carousing. See what I did there? I skipped all the parts that apply to me. Well, hey, man, you're kind (laughs) of hateful. Let's not be judgmental. Only God judges me. Scripture says that. Do you see the? The, the irony, the hypocrisy. How about someone that treats you poorly, you go to them as Scripture says, and then they tell you they're not doing anything. Let me give you an example of that. I walk up to you, I slap you in the face. You say, why did you slap me? And I go, I didn't slap you. And you're, you're like looking at your face. And these people are such good liars that by the end of it, you kind of go, maybe, maybe, I, maybe he didn't slap me. Maybe I ran into his hand. <laughs> right? Then you ask them again, and they're like, I don't know what you want me to do here. I've been nice to you. I never one time, I came to your house. I was like, I know you knocked on my door and slapped me. No, I came to your house to give you love and then you put your face against my hand. I don't know why you did that. And then you go, I guess. (laughs) They ignore parts of scripture they don't like. That's bottom line. They'll, They'll quote to you all the things that don't apply to them. Number two, this is a big one. They accept convenient Christianity. You don't want to be a pauper by the way, there's some princes in this room that even if you do this, you know what's going to show me by the end of this? If you're a prince, will you accept this and change? Because sometimes we forget where we're from. We spend so much time in this darkness trying to love and wait for the king to return that we sort of acclimate a little bit. It's okay. And that's why God says, come to me, right? right? Repent, turn around, and I got you. I will always offer you grace and love because you are what? You're part of my kingdom. But accept convenient Christianity. I'm going to give you this real fast. Zeke, you're not going to like this. Actually, you will. I know Zeke will. Christianity is not convenient. Do you understand this? Again, I'll say it. If you haven't been here, forgiving your enemies is not a convenient thing. Loving your enemies is not a convenient thing. I just said this earlier. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I lie to myself and say, I'm going to tell you what. I love my enemies because I don't punch him in the face and kick him in the groin. And that's me loving him, right? Because I could do that. That's not love. Some of you think I'd really do that. I'm just kidding because there was pure silence. Like, oh my. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's not love. You know what loving my enemy is? Talking to him, walking up to his face, telling him, how are you doing? When, oh, man, I don't want to, right? Because I know how he is and what he's saying about me. It gets a lot harder, doesn't it? Especially when you know. Like There's a dude, now you close to me. Those of you close to me, this doesn't count as talking about someone because not everyone knows his story. But there's a guy I know who will literally come up to me when he sees me. And he will hug me and say, hey, brother. A little newsflash. If I call you brother, it means something, for real. In case any of you stick around long enough, and one day we're sitting around and I call you brother, that's like a, oh, that's a big deal to me. Right? I don't, I'm not Hulk Hogan. I don't call everybody. I used to. I don't call everyone brother because I was like, no, man, I'm not doing that. And he helped me realize that that should mean something because he's hugged me, and I remember this. And I'm going, you ain't my brother. He, I ain't your brother. This guy has told people and said crazy things about me, being a false teacher, uh, because I talk about grace covers everything. I mean, I could go on and on and on. This guy comes up to me when he sees me in front of you guys. That's what they do too. And gives me a hug. And if you know me well, I'm not good at faking. I'm glad my face is like next to his chin, right? Because he wouldn't, he'd see me going. <laughs> but you know, I, I hugged him anyway. That's not my brother. So what does it mean then to love that guy? I've prayed for him. Right? And I'm not tooting my horn. I say I do it against my flesh. And that's just a guy that's wrong. Not even, there's some enemies I have that are right. They hate me for reasons that are real. It still hurts. It's still hard to love them. Number three, they try to shape the Bible around their lives and preferences kind of goes with number one. I'm going to shape it around me when it's convenient, right? I'm going to give you the ones, guys, in modern America. And I used to, again, I was this guy with the first one. Um, hey, I don't need church to be a Christian. That's true, but Christians go to church. <laughs> Period. And I'm going to say it again. You can get mad at me because I can, you know why I can say it to you? Because I had to repent of that. I knew Jesus. Loved him and was rebellious and did not want to go. Remember earlier, I said I struggled with Christians and didn't realize until God said, Hey, man, you got problems and you're part of the problem. And I was like, Darn it. <laughs> but that's the truth. That's the truth. Go to church. The Bible says it. Do not neglect to meet, as is the habit of some. You think I want to show up every Sunday and be. I shouldn't tell you that. Yeah, I do. You think I want to? Some days I don't want to. Some days your grumpy faces, when it's a. Gr- I mean, some of you grumpy faced. Right? Some of you sleep while I'm talking. And I've done this long enough now. I don't really see individual faces. I don't want you to be afraid. But like I see you when you're doing this is obvious. <laughs> All right. And it's not just this one guy, so he knows what it is, because other people do this one. No. There's the, you, you do this, right? You're this person, because you've mastered you like I'm not this person. So you go. So you, you'll do a nod every now and then, it's like it's you're hearing me, right? Yo, like I'm pretty. I'll say something. You hear some other people, and somehow in your sleep, you know I don't know what he said, but I'm supposed to nod. Or you're mad, dude. I have a uh, dude. You know I hang out with young guys. I have people come to this church. <laughs> Sometimes I'll have they'll be like, "Hey, we had some guests here today. I think they liked it." I was like, "No, nah, they ain't coming back." And you know how I know this right here? Grace. What's grace about? He's saying that we can just do what we want What a hellion, right? Like, that's what they do. That, I mean, I know, I can see you. You ain't coming back. Every now and then I get fooled. And I'm not just saying it because it was, Luke fooled me the one time. He looked kind of grumpy, but he was really, he was, he was hearing me, right? He looks grumpy now. Look at him. Don't look at him. Don't look at him. Just do that. Uh, darn it. I know him better. I will not do that to you if you're brand new, I promise. God, I don't know your name. Anyway, try to shape the Bible around their lives and preferences. You can't do that. We'll get to that in a second. Does that make sense? You can't accept what's convenient and say, "I'm going to like I'm going to force this in my pocket and make it fit so like I'm saved by grace through faith alone, so I don't really have to go to church." As long as I say that, no one can argue. Which misses the point, right? Clearly going to church doesn't save you, but people that are saved go to church. Again. All right, number 4, this is a big one. I know this personally, but I've seen it. They attack the messenger, meaning the person who speaks truth, they will attack them personally. They can't attack the truth. Right? So, for instance, this guy, these people that used to go here and get mad and say, like, how dare you? They can't attack the Bible and the things I'm saying because it's from the Bible. Right? They'll never attack that. But what they can do is say, I can't attack the truth, but I can sure attack that guy because he's not perfect. And so they attack the person who tells the truth. Right? They're the ones who start off with, look at you. What do you do? How dare you? Well, you're not nice. You see what I mean? They never deal with the truth. They attack the messenger. That's how paupers act. All right, let's go on. i got to move. I'm losing you. i got to get, and then Jill's got food cooking. It's going to be a long day. Traits of princes. I'm getting so close, Gina. I'm trying. She told me not to talk about time. Ah. Uh, all right, see, I'm not perfect. Uh, number one, look at all of Scripture. Princes look at all of Scripture. They, they don't try to take a part of the Bible and highlight it over the rest of it. They understand that the Bible is God's entire truth, and our job is to understand the entirety of it and filter the things we don't understand through the things that we do. Do you understand? It's all one story. If I picked one verse, right, they will be thrown into the darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I just say, you know who those people are? They're you. That's terrifying. Instead of realizing the context means what? Those that aren't in the kingdom. That's what people do. So they look at all scripture. Number two, a prince follows Jesus wherever it leads. And that's scary. Remember, it's not convenient. Will you speak truth when the world hates truth? With the false princess when it's easier to conform? Will you speak up with the false princess? Will you challenge them in the areas that they struggle? Will you challenge your family when they're comfortable? You know, some of you are comfortable and some of you have comfortable family and you can't make them and you should love them anyway, but because they claim the name and because they're your relatives, you never actually challenge it because that's uncomfortable. I get it. She's probably watching. I made my mom mad two weeks ago because I challenged her a little bit. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's hard because she's like, I, I looked at your naked butt and changed your diaper. I know that's hard, but I did that because I love my mom, right? And she challenges me plenty. And by challenge, I meant very politely asked the question, but in her mind. I love you, mom. All right. <laughs> Number three. So they follow Jesus wherever it leads. They go to the—I'm going to go back to them, sorry. They go to where he goes. They do what he does, even when the world says it's crazy. One of the biggest things is, can you love the unlovable, touch the untouchable? Will you sit at a table with sinners, or will you be the person who doesn't? I heard a quote the other day. I really liked it, and I actually liked it on Facebook because I knew the heart behind it. But if I were to just look at that quote in and of itself, I think it's so indicative. I know there are people out there, these false princes are going to take it to justify the way they live their life. And it said, Jesus sat at way more tables than he flipped. Sounds good. That's pretty powerful, right? That is good. Let me tell you what the issue with that is what's what's it subtly also saying hey man you shouldn't cause trouble because Jesus only did that once are you kidding me they killed him he did it every moment if 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 there were moments that God wanted us clearly God loves people clearly grace you don't need to tell me that what you need to tell Christians are they willing to go into the temple and chuck out the things that aren't theirs that don't belong there not physically don't attack anyone right because again context are they willing to do that that's not popular, though. That sounds so good even to me. He sat at more tables than he flipped. He still flipped some tables. He still t- looked a guy in the eye when he said, are you the king of the Jews? He said, I'm exactly who you said I am, when he knew where that would lead. All right, shape their lives around the Bible, pretty simple. It's kind of like, I always think of it like, you know, you know, We try to be the rock, and we make the Bible Play-Doh, right? We're the Play-Doh. We should go around the rock. You see what I'm saying? Our lives are built around that, not the other way around. And a prince does that, even when it's hard. And they spend their lives trying to smooth it out, knowing that they're never going to get there on their own, right? Number four, they stand for truth in love and grace, don't see, and, and there's a lot out there. Remember the, the the progressive Christianity, they have no problem with the last four words in love and grace, but they don't like the first three. Stand for truth. You have to do both. You have to stand for truth. You have to challenge the false teachers while still offering them an opportunity for repentance and love and mercy and grace. Because at the end of the day, what God hit me with one time, I'm telling you, I might cry because I this is within the last four or five months I was convicted in this as I was speaking to the pharisees first it was the thought that todd you're not standing with me against the pharisees you are the pharisee right and the second thing was man i'm about to cry for real he said don't you think i was preaching to the pharisees every time even though they might have been arguing with me he told them the truth too because he wanted the same for them are we willing to stand for truth like he did while still offering the same grace and love she's going to come play some music briefly (laughs) as this guy talks too long and I want you guys to, to, and folks to think of a couple things. Are you a prince, right, who is dressing like a pauper? And that's flipped, right? Maybe your clothes look nicer in the domain, but it's not the clothes of a prince. Or are you a pauper that's acting like a prince, but you've never really been to the kingdom, but you know how to act like one? But you can't say for certainty that at the end of the day, when the king returns that he's not going to demand to see your seal and you won't have one. Unless you know where your seal is, 100% certainty, if you can say to me honestly today, Todd, I have, I have accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's not a condemnation thing. That's the beauty and the submission and the admission that I'm not good enough on my own comes freedom as he elevates us out of the muck. Out of the darkness and into what? His glorious light into the kingdom. If you can't say that, why take the chance? It's not even a chance. You know the truth. Some of you have been plain Christian for so long that you don't really know what it means. You think it means wake up in the morning, go sing a song, eat some food, pretend to listen, and go home and go to bed. Were you rescued? Were you transformed? Because the people I've noticed, and we all have moments where we do that, right? But the people who have been rescued, I'm telling you, you, you when you've been there, you're pretty passionate about making sure that people don't stay there. I don't believe that there's a non-passionate, healthy Christian. If you're a healthy Christian, you should be passionate. Well, I'm an introvert, I don't care, I'm a J-E-R-K, right? I'm a jerk. Doesn't matter. We're going to talk about the kingdom, guys, and I'm telling you, the kingdom is a beautiful thing, and Jesus gives us so many parables about what it means to live in it and what it's like, and you want to know something really cool? This is a little bonus I'll talk about later. You know all the miracles when he healed the sick, right? When he fed people, when he brought the dead to life, us, you know what that was a... that was it was a it was a foreshadow it was a taste of life in the kingdom because in the kingdom there will be no hunger there will be no death there will be no disease and there will be no sickness so he was saying oh I brought something from the kingdom for you here it is healing life food this is what it's like imagine what it's going to be when I come back and I fix this mess you've made we gotta do we gotta live kingdom-minded we got to live like this is a kingdom, like it's real. Understand this. If you believe this is a name tag, if Christianity is a name tag, well, no wonder it's dull and boring and you just show up when you have to. When I understand that I have literally, it's not just symbolism, been rescued from a domain of darkness and been transferred to the kingdom of God. That changes things. I've got a duty now to go tell my brothers and sisters about the king who saved me. So, listen, if you're in the room and you can't say for certain you're in the kingdom, I'll try to make it brief. The king made everything perfect, and he made us in it. To live as his children and to rule his kingdom and walk around it in his name, and he said, really, there's only one rule. Don't listen to all those people that tell you there was more than that. There was one rule at the beginning. I'm king and you're not. I will tell you what right and wrong is. That's it. Don't. You, I will trust me. And we said, no, nah, I'd rather be able to determine myself what's good and evil. And we get that really mixed up. And so sin, our disobedience, our rebellion led to a severing of the relationship between us and the king. We were cast out of the kingdom because we chose it. And so what's happened is we've built this little kingdom of darkness that's filled with evil and hate and murder and strife and disease and all these things. You see, sin is the actions we do, but it's also the disease that we carry. You can't cure it. So I can take a cough drop from a cough, but I'm still sick. I can make some good acts, but it doesn't make me healthy and good. And so God tried to show us that. He said, listen, here's 10 things. Here's 10 medicines. Take them. Don't kill. Don't do this. Don't do that. And see if you can do that. We can't even take our medicine on time, let alone cure the disease. You can't. And so what he did was when we couldn't come home, when we couldn't be healthy, he came. He was the bridge to bring us back to the kingdom. When we had a death warrant because of our rebellion, which is true, you are guilty. The Bible says the wages of sin are death. That's, you're dead already. You just don't know it yet. And we couldn't pay the penalty. We didn't have enough, right? Except for eternity so so. God came down. He invaded the domain of darkness. He lived as a man. He told us about the kingdom. He gave us a taste of it. That's good enough. He said, this is what life can be like. You have to turn away from your evil. You have to quit sinning. And then he did something crazy. He said, but even if you did that somehow, if somehow you could clean up the past acts in the present, you'd be guilty tomorrow, wouldn't you? Because that's what we do. So... Jesus died on the cross. That's what he did. And he took the wrath meant for you. Listen to me, please. I don't care if you don't like me. This is important. Well, Todd, I have 100 reasons why that's not intellectual. I bet you got 101 that it is. You just want to believe the domain of darkness. Here's the truth. You know it. You know something's wrong. You know something isn't right. You know that things aren't the way they're supposed to be. You know it. And the problem is you've been told the king is someone he's not. That he's trying to tell you to save yourself, and you're very well aware of your own flaws. Yoga, like, I cannot be good enough. Well, that's the beauty. He knew that, and so he decided to be good enough for you. He took your death on the cross, he died. Jesus of Nazareth died. He took the weight of your sin, the wrath of the Father, poured on himself your death penalty. He was forsaken alone. And then he said three words. It is finished. It's over. Um, Three days later, he rose from the dead. That's crazy, Todd. I know. But you believe in a magical force called gravity. That's crazy, too. You ain't seen it. You're used to believing things you can't see. It's reality. And the third day, he rose from the dead, and here's the beauty of it. What did that mean? He conquered death, too. And so on the cross, something crazy happens. God, through Jesus, says, I will take your sin and your brokenness. I will take it on myself. I will wear your pauper's clothes, and I will give you the clothes of a prince I will give you the benefit of my life I will give you my seal you got to trade me though and the only way we'll trade is if I can admit that I'm the popper and he's the prince because a prince doesn't want a popper's clothes right really that's it so Todd that's all fancy and good but I'm not a very good person I've done this and I'm going to do it tomorrow me too That's why I cling to this. This is how you become a Christian, how you get in the kingdom. The Bible says, Romans chapter 10, that if you confess with your lips, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead, you will be saved, period, end of story. What do you mean, Todd? I don't have to clean myself up? Nah, that'll happen later. Are you willing to turn away from it now? Because remember, you can't rescue yourself, and he will grab you. It's real. I wasn't raised in the church. Listen to me. I don't get a cookie. If you accept Christ... I don't I'm telling you because I was rescued and I didn't know I was in darkness until someone stood up on a place like this and told me I just thought that was life so you're gonna have a few minutes of went long I know I know take these next five minutes and listen to me friends please especially those of you you already know you're not coming back you know it as well as I do you're checking the clock waiting to get out of here listen to me five more minutes is worth an eternity if you're in this room and you can't say that you've been put into the kingdom, listen, I know it's weird, I know it's embarrassing, you don't know these people, you need to take advantage of this moment. You need to confess, say it, and believe in your heart. Why does God make you say it? Because he knows if you're willing to get past the embarrassment of saying it, you probably mean it. right? I have so many people will say, I'll sit here and do it myself. You've never come to full submission. So there's going to be people up here praying. It's going to be dark, it's not gonna, that sounds creepy. But they're going to be up here and they're waiting to pray for you. You don't need them to be saved. You don't. You could do it yourself. But let me ask you this. Why wouldn't you come up here? Why wouldn't you have a witness to say, I did this for yourself? Take this time and make it count. If you're a believer in the room and you're a kingdom person, but you've been living like you're not, repent of that. It means change. He loves you all the same, so start acting like it. Whatever you do, don't leave the same as you came in because you do you're choosing to